Reviews of Fast X and the remake of The Little Mermaid on this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's May 27th, 2023, and this is episode 105. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. All right, we've got two reviews this week. First up is... Uh, Fast X or Fast 10, whatever you want to call it, which is the latest film in the Fast Saga, as Universal Pictures is wanting to call this uh, film series. Actually, in this long-running film series, I mean, if you can believe it, the first Fast and Furious film came out in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, this thing's been going on and hugely, hugely popular around the world. Uh I think each film just gets dumber and dumber. Uh, nothing can really top uh, last the last episode, F9, uh, where they sent a couple of the t- team members uh, into space into a Pontiac Fiero with a big rocket engine attached to the top. I mean, I know you just can't take these films seriously, but come on, that was so stupid. <laughs> anyway... Uh, this film is a bit of a departure, I have to say. I mean, it's you know, it's just more of the same stuff that the people seem to love. Uh, you know, just cars, 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 explosions, crazy action sequences, you know, cars dropping out of airplanes and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and And then, of course, the ongoing relationships between uh, Dom Toretto, who's played by Vin Diesel, and his crew. So uh, this film, I got to tell you, though, is a bit of a departure. It's still got all, all the you know kind of ridiculous stuff that makes up a Fast and Furious movie. But um, what I what I like about it is that it it's I, I just thought the story just went in a more interesting uh, direction. So uh, we're introduced in uh, this film to a character named Dante, who's played by Jason Momoa. And Dante happens to be the son of the drug lord that Dom took out, Dom and team took out in the film Fast Five. And and uh, this... this uh, uh, dude is is uh, crazy, uh, super colorful. Think like almost like a James Bond style kind of villain, and and he wants to exact revenge on Dom and, and the group for for uh, killing his dad. So the Dom and team they get framed for something, which I will you know I'll, I'll keep the spoiler free, and basically are just on the run from the law and from Jason Momoa's character, you know, from this Dante. And it just, 
Uh, I mean, sure, maybe it sounds like it's more of the same, but these other Fast and Furious films, particularly like the last three, um, they've turned these characters into like James, like a James Bond type of thing. I mean, again, I was comparing, you know, Jason Momoa to the James Bond villain, but for you know Vin Diesel and his team to to uh, you know go travel around the world and do these capers. Um, I don't know. There's just something about still, I think, just staying in Los Angeles and having a street racing in a crime movie. Um, I guess you just can't do that, you know, 10 times. But, um, you know, then there's always Pontiac Fierros in outer space. So, you know, what do I know? But uh, I just, the, the plot to me was a lot more interesting. And it put the characters, I just think, in a different kind of situation where they were um they're really kind of fighting for their for their lives and they get put in you know challenging situations and you know everybody's back michelle rodriguez jordana brewster tyrese gibson ludicrous um also uh dom and mia's long lost brother jacob who's played by john cena uh he's in the film and he's very good Soon Kang is back as Han. Um, we've got some new characters too. Brie Larson is in the film. Uh, she works for the agency. Uh, if you're, you know, familiar with some of these last ones, that's the that's that kind of mysterious organization that Kurt Russell um, was was a part of. So anyway, you know, there's just lots of characters, lots of action, lots of explosions. But I just think the introduction, the introduction of uh, this new villain, Dante, uh, really put put the film on an interesting trajectory. Now, this film, uh, as you've probably heard, it's actually the first one of a kind of a final trilogy. So they tell us uh, this particular group of characters um, within the Fast Saga. So we'll see what actually Universal decides to do because um, anything can happen. Anybody can come back to life. Anybody can, can uh, um, you know, pretty much it's weird because just for the most part, everybody's invincible, I guess, until they're not. But um, welcome to the, you know, to the world of, of, of the Fast Saga. But if you just want just kind of a really a fun popcorn movie and – uh, with lots of car chases, lots of interesting locations, and these characters that we know quite well. Uh, you know, I say Fast X was definitely a solid film in in this film series. Still, my favorite is you know speaking of is Fast Five. Uh, that one it was just so good, so solid, so entertaining, and I thought it just had just still just like the right tone where. Uh, I mean, it's outrageous the stuff that they do, but it still felt gr- grounded somewhat in, in uh, at least the like the laws of gravity and physics and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, uh, definitely if you're you know if if it's if it's your thing, I think Fast X will uh, you know hopefully deliver uh, for you. Next up is The Little Mermaid. So this is a remake of the uh, beloved film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. 
that came out in uh, 1989 and that really revived uh, animation at at Disney and uh, just you know became just wildly popular and and one of the things about it is really it's just because the music and the story are so good it's really you know I remember seeing it and it just felt a lot like a uh, a Broadway play that that uh, and I mean and no dog given that that uh, you know Alan Menken and Howard Ashman were the were the team that were uh, you know behind it uh, of course it had great the animated film had had great directors in uh, John Musker and Ron Clements and uh, you know, beautiful animation and just everything about it was just, I mean, it was a home run, right? So here we are now, and as as Disney is hell-bent on, on remaking every one of their animated classics into, uh, you know, another film, and typically, you know, they're calling it live action. Um, I don't really know about any mermaids, you know. Uh, so it's, it's uh, photorealistic CGI, with some actors, with some <laughs> some actors, uh, is uh, and I'm you know mostly I'm just happy to report that I think it's a really good movie. Uh, it's directed by Rob Marshall, and I honestly think that that's one of the big pluses about it is that Rob Marshall is a good director. I mean, I I think one of the best films that he did was still it was you know, 21 years ago, but he directed uh, a film adaptation of the musical Chicago. And, uh, you know, I think that's terrific. He also uh, directed Into the Woods and Mary Poppins Returns. Um, but the dude knows how to direct a musical. And that, I felt, was the strongest thing about it is just everything about how, how the camera moved and... Um, you know, the editing and again, the performances that he gets out of everybody. Cause I'm sure that actually this is probably a hard thing for the actors to make. Cause they're all honest, you know, some kind of a blue screen set. I've got to look for some behind the scenes stuff, which I know is, is, is starting to starting to appear. Uh, but overall I thought it looked that, it, you know, that the reason that it's so good is number one, I guess really should say that the source material is terrific. And to their credit, they really stuck with the most part to the source material. Now, not with some kind of a slavish thing like that um, CGI Lion King that came out, uh, you know, what was that, four years ago? See, I thought that, that the, the Lion King was heinous because um, it was basically just a shot-for-shot -shot remake with these emotionless CGI animals. And sure, the voice performances were good, uh, but I don't know. And then and Beyonce is in it. Hello, uh, Queen B. But they uh, this movie, this Little Mermaid remake, uh, just was so charming. Now, I think also to kudos to the screenwriter uh, David McGee, who really. Um, adapted this film I just thought in a uh, in a smart way again stayed stayed very true to the to the original but just added a few little things here and there uh, 
that I thought made made it interesting. And again, not just a shot for shot remake, but it also it added some interesting backstory. Probably the most interesting was to Prince Eric. One of the character Prince Eric. But not just like some heinous thing like let's give Ursula this tragic backstory and she's really you know, Ursula the Sea, which is really just a nice person who's misunderstood. There's none of that. Ursula's bad, you know. <laughs> and uh uh, you know, speaking of Ursula, she's she's deliciously played by Melissa McCarthy. And I thought I thought Melissa McCarthy was great. Again, uh, you can't beat you know the vo- Pat Carroll, who was the voice actor of the, for the animated one, and 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 the great animation that was done on on Ursula. But I I thought they did I thought they did a, a nice job. And then and Melissa McCarthy, um, I thought I thought she nailed it. Um, Javier Bardem plays King Triton, and uh, you know he's fine. Uh, David Diggs plays Sebastian, uh, you know, the talking crab, and he's he's very good too. Uh, and you know, really nails, I think, the under the sea number, which is which is you know a big a big splashy piece in the in, in the film and the animated film, and again in this one, um, Aquafina voices Scuttle, the seagull. You know who's like the the know it all seagull the, the know it all seagull, but he really doesn't know anything. Uh, that's you know that's the way the character is in in uh, both the animated one in nineteen eighty nine and this new one. Uh, I maybe I I really like Aquafina and I think she's funny. Um, if for, if if there is a miss in this film, it's probably Aquafina. It just I just didn't love what they had her character do. And she also has a has a musical number uh, that it's a rap, and it just to me that it didn't really land. But um, you know, minor detail that didn't does not sink the film by any means. Uh, speaking of new music, there are three new songs. If again, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that Alan Menken wrote the music for, and Lin Manuel Miranda wrote the lyrics. Now this is Lin Manuel Miranda's favorite. This is his favorite film as a kid, and maybe it still is. You know, or you should say the you know the nineteen eighty nine animated film. Uh, he he named his first kid Sebastian. If you didn't know, if you didn't know that. But uh, so Prince Eric gets a song. Ariel Ariel gets a song and a new song. I should say and uh, and then this kind of weird thing that Scuttle does. The you know. A Lin Manuel Miranda rap. Um, for me, most the most successful of the new songs is the song they gave to Prince Eric, and it's a great song, number one. But also um, beautifully filmed and edited. And again, I attribute that to Rob Marshall, who who knows how to uh, to make a musical. So, so uh, you know, I was honestly expecting to hate this film. And I left the theater smiling and, th- and thinking it was pretty great. So, so uh, you know, if 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 these Disney live action remakes don't drive you crazy, this this one is is solid. And I really should say, just as a final final note, that that the actress Halle Bailey, who plays Ariel, is just terrific, and that girl can sing um, when she sings part of your world 
which you know is really I think the big number of the of the of the movie. Um, she just nails it, and uh, that's been a frustrating thing to me about some of these Disney live action remakes, particularly their their remake of Beauty and the Beast. Oh my gosh, you know, hiring these actors they can't sing and then just auto tuning them uh, to death. Uh, oh, it was just so cringeworthy and so frustrating because again. Here's, here are these absolutely, you know, iconic and wonderful songs that just get butchered because the people can't sing them. Um, but not is not the case in this one. All the leads can sing, and and uh, and particularly Halle Bailey, and and uh, she's she is marvelous. So anyway, both Fast X and The Little Mermaid are playing exclusively in theaters. And and uh, might be a fun addition to your Memorial Day weekend plans. Okay, in classic cinema corner, let's talk Indiana Jones for a minute. So, um. As you're probably aware, there's a brand new Indiana Jones film starring Harrison Ford. It's coming to theaters June 30th. It's called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm so stoked for this movie, and I just my fingers are crossed that it's going to be good. But one nice thing that Lucasfilm and Disney, which you know is now the owner of Lucasfilm, is doing is they're putting all four of the of the you know, quote-unquote original Indiana Jones films on Disney+, Plus, uh, starting on May 31st. So um, that is, I think, fantastic. So it's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So all four of those are going to be on Disney+, Plus starting next week. So... Uh, that will be a fun way to catch up, I think, on all four of those movies because I really want to see them. Uh, but also, the OG film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, is coming to theaters. Uh, it's going to be it's through um, Fathom Events. So on June 4th and on June 7th, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, again, on, on, on the big screen. So uh, I am so uh, geared for this because this is a in, Raiders of the Lost Ark is just one of my all-time favorite films. It's directed by Steven Spielberg. Great story by George Lucas. And both of these guys were in their prime. Uh, and it's just, it's just one of the best action movies I think ever put on film. It's an homage to, to the uh, serials that both Steven Spielberg and George Lucas watched in movie theaters when they were kids. And it just, uh, it's just a d- delightful action film and just nothing's better. So uh, check fathomevents.com. I'll have a link to it in the podcast notes on my blog. But uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in theaters, June 4th and June 7th. Uh, this month's, uh, I should say, sorry, June's uh, Fathom big screen classic screen uh, movie is hairspray uh and it's the actually it's the original 
Hairspray, the non the non musical one. Um, I love the musical one. That you know they they turned Hairspray into a Broadway play, which then got made into a really great movie. But they're celebrating the 35th anniversary of of Hairspray. And as you know, this story is set in 1962 in Baltimore, and uh, a teenage girl is trying to. Uh, number one, she wants to get on this on this uh, dance show that's kind of like an American Bandstand type of show. Um, but it really turns into a story about racial discrimination. Um, it's directed by John Waters. Uh, you know who makes who's just made lots of kind of bizarre cult movies. Um, it stars Divine uh, in uh, his or her slash last role uh, as the mother of of uh, the main character and Ricky Lake. I don't even remember if you remember Ricky Lake, uh, who had a TV talk show um, for a while. I think it was in the nineties, but. But anyway, she she does a great job playing playing uh, this this daughter and really kind of the heroine heroine of the film. I can't say I've seen a lot of John Waters films. I've seen some, and by far, I think Hairspray is the most approachable of his of his work. And I think one of the things I really actually respect about Hairspray, both both this version and the musical version, is they tackle some pretty serious issues. Um, regarding racial discrimination, but in a way that doesn't just hit you over the head. It makes you think while you're, uh, you know, enjoying a, a, a good movie. But it's just, it's. I think it's really well crafted. And if you haven't seen this particular version, you know, it's worth seeing. I think sometimes it's in the rotation on Turner Classic Movies. I know I got played actually on Mother's Day. I, I, I watched it on Mother's Day on, on, on TCM. But uh, still, the 35th anniversary of Hairspray will be in theaters on June 11th and June 14th. More information is on fathomevents.com, and I'll have a link. I'll have a link to the podcast notes um, or in the podcast notes on my blog. One final thing I think to mention about um, Fathom Events is that the uh, Studio Ghibli Fest of 2023 continues. And what they're doing for this year of Studio Ghibli Fest is they are showing films that are directed by Hayao Miyazaki. And uh, the one for June is Kiki's Delivery Service. So this is a cute coming-of-age uh, story about a resourceful young witch who uses her room to create a delivery service. Um, it's, uh, it's a, you know, it, it's a cute movie. It's not my favorite favorite Miyazaki movie, but hello, being able to see a Miyazaki movie on the big screen is definitely something that worth considering. So Kiki's Delivery Service is going to be on screen, on big screens, June 11th and June 14th. Again, it's part of the Studio Ghibli Fest of 2023. And, um, you know, actually, as I'm looking a little closer on the website, it, it looks like they've added a day. So June 11th, June 12th, and June 14th are all days that you can see Kiki's delivery service on the big screen. Uh, check fathomevents.com. I will have, again, links to that in the podcast notes on my blog.
Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present. I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.